Hello and welcome to The Voice of Business, the monthly radio show and podcast of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. I'm Lisa Schultz, the Chairman's Club Manager with the Gwinnett Chamber. Today's show is coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Here at the Gwinnett Chamber, our mission is to champion business. If you'd like to learn more about the Chamber, visit our website, GwinnettChamber.org, or give us a call and see how we can help you connect and thrive. Each month, we feature and highlight businesses and business leaders that are members of the Gwinnett Chamber. And this month, we're excited to showcase a few of our most awesome, most incredible and inspirational Chairman's Club members. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Julie Clay with Brunel University, Jonathan Watkins with the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and Hilda Abbott with We Partner Realty. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our Chairman's Club members, I'm so excited to have you. So we've got some questions today. Let's learn more about you uh, and your organizations. So let's start with Hilda. Tell us about your organization and what makes it unique. I am the Chief Operating Officer for We Partner Group and the President and Broker for We Partner Realty, which is a new division that we opened um, back in late 2020. Um, our company is very diverse um, and I believe that that's what makes us unique. We specialize in commercial assets and investments. Um, presently, we own um, 18 portfolio of commercial properties. We also do investments on new developments, residential, small apartment communities, and we have a very awesome team of 55 that work in our organization. Um, we Partner Realty is minority owned um, by two women. I have a partner, Rose Jarbo, and We Partner Group is owned by three, including myself, and we have two partners, which are also women. Wow, girl power, right? <laughs> we try, we try. <laughs> Thanks so much, Hilda. Julie, can you tell us about your organization and what makes you unique? Absolutely, and Hilda, it is so exciting to hear that you are a women-owned business um, because I am with Brunel University, which is historically a women's college that has grown into a comprehensive co-educational university. Uh, we've been around for 142 years, and the particular program that I work with is the Executive Women's MBA. And so that's the first and only executive MBA in the United States designed for and by women to meet the challenges that women face in trying to um, excel in their careers and climb to the C-suite within organizations. So it's, we're very excited. We are actually starting our second cohort of the executive women's MBA. We've had a, an MBA for more than 40 years, but this is our second cohort in the executive women's MBA. And, um, you know, we've, we've survived and thrived during the pandemic. And I think that what we've seen as, you know, the pandemic has disproportionately affected women um, in December, all of the job loss was represented by women. I think it's very evident that this program is needed and that the time is right for this program. So we're, we're very excited and very excited to be a part of the Chairman's Club at, at the Gwinnett Chamber. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Julie. Jonathan, how do you follow these two amazing women? I know, it's very <laughs> difficult. Uh, I appreciate you putting me behind them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. Well, welcome, no, Jonathan. Tell us about thank your organization and what makes it unique. 
Happy to do so. Uh, so at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we're a single specialty hospital that's solely and dedicated to the treatment and hopefully someday eradication of cancer. Uh, one of the things that truly makes us unique is our model. Uh, we are housed under one roof and we essentially provide each and every service that a patient could ever need. One of the things we've learned is that cancer patients uh, in many instances in health systems have to traverse through the city to go see their medical oncologist in one setting. They have to go uh, to perhaps receive infusion at an infusion center offsite. And then if they need surgery, they have to go to the hospital for the surgery. We provide each of those services under one roof uh, and have done so for quite some time now. The facility in Noonan, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta has been here eight years. And our chairman and founder, uh, Mr. Richard J. Stevenson, established the organization under one premise, which is what we call the mother standard of care thinking about the comments that these ladies made earlier with women being the focus. Uh, uh, the mother standard of care is simply a principle where each and every patient that enters our facility is to be treated in a manner in which we treat our very own mother. When Mr. Stevenson was uh, assisting his mother in navigating her cancer journey, he was very disappointed in the care that she was receiving. And he said himself that he would establish a facility and a system that was solely dedicated to treating cancer in a manner in which that he could be extremely proud of. And we've done just that. I'd be remiss if I didn't call out that we boast and brag and are happy and proud of the patient satisfaction ranking, ranking, ranking that's amongst the top 5% of hospitals across the country. And treating cancer and, able, and being able to receive a rating like that is something that we truly like to make sure we, are, we, we promote and tout in the community. You all probably know, and I would quiz the women on here by asking, what's the one time you're happy when you leave a hospital? No takers there? Oh, when you have a baby? There you go. Exactly. Oh, Mike had to help me out. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Kudos to Mike. I was like, when you're leaving? <laughs> Just when so you're no, leaving. <laughs> so, so our ability to compare and benchmark right up there, we're treating cancer, yet we compare and benchmark right up there with patients and, and, and hospitals that solely perform obstetrics and gynecology is something that we're very proud of. Well, that's excellent. That's a, a great story. We're so happy that y'all are with us. Jonathan, while I still have you uh, chatting here, I'm gonna move to the next question. Can you tell us about your company culture? Yes, and I somewhat alluded to it when I talked about the mother standard of care. It's, in one, it's one of inclusion. We uh, don't call our employees employees. They're referred here as stakeholders each and every individual because we truly believe that every member of the team regardless of where they rank in the organization has a personal stake in how we treat our patients how and how we treat each other and with that you naturally create a culture of inclusiveness one in which we uh, love the ideas uh, and suggestions of our stakeholders we encourage peer-to-peer -peer recognition we have what we call s2s stakeholder to stakeholder where if uh, Courtney has done something phenomenal and I'm having a rough day and she's jumped right in, I can submit online for a peer-to-peer -peer or a stakeholder-to-stakeholder -stakeholder recognition for her that eventually comes to me as the CEO and president to sign, and she's given a monetary reward, which again creates that culture of teamwork, inclusiveness, and support that we're extremely proud of. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Hilda, can you tell us about your company culture? Our company culture is um, a very unique. Um, we're dealing in, um, in an industry that is predominantly male dominated. 
Um, we have um, our staff is comes from all different walks of life. We embrace um, of the different cultures within within our company. We have from um, Asian staff, we have from Latino staff, we have from African American staff, we have from um, um, Caucasian staff, Indian staff. So with all that collaboration that we bring in from the different um, um, ethnicity, we've been able to create something very unique and, and, and share with the whole, um, our community, our, our, our corporate office is based in, in Gwinnett, which is one of the fastest growing in the Hispanic community um, as business owners and as well as um, um, people moving into Gwinnett County. And what we've seen is that mixing all these different cultures within our company, different age groups that come from corporate America that want to retire um, from that company and start fresh in, in the industry of real estate is that we've created a very tight knit within our um, within our staff, and I know Lisa, you've met several of them within um, the uh, the company events, the chairman club events. That um, you could see the difference within within our company, just based on our composition mix of different cultures. Yes, absolutely, and everyone is a a, a great time. <laughs> I have loved Thank everybody you. that I've met from your company. Thank you, <laughs> Julie. Can you tell us about your company culture? Absolutely. Like I said, we have you know a legacy of 142 years of, of educating and empowering women and now men and women, especially in the Northeast Georgia area. Um, and so we really draw on that legacy and, and value the importance of teaching. So primarily we're a teaching institution. Um, and now having said that, our fastest growing areas are in health sciences, which is, is vastly research-based. Um, but, but I would say that our culture really revolves around um, a student-centric approach. You know, we know that we are raising up the next generation of leaders, whether that's in education and business and the humanities and healthcare. And, and as an institution, we take that very seriously. And so everything that we do, um, Jonathan, instead of treating everybody like they're our mothers, we treat everybody like they're our children. You know, what do we want to see for our children? What kind of success would we want for our very own children? And that's what we pour in um, in the experience. And that goes from, you know, those serving lunch in the cafeteria to the president of the institution. Everybody is there to ensure that the students get what they need um, to be successful. And for some students, that's a traditional 18 year old. For others, it's people that are retooling to change careers or change professions later in life. And so regardless of where they're entering or where they are in their journey, um, we all take it very seriously to give them the tools that they need to be successful and to really be change agents for our community and our country. Thank you so much, Julie. It's, it's really so inspiring to hear all of you just really love what you do so much. You love your staff, you love your patients, you love your students and your, your clients. And um, it's just so refreshing to hear um, you all just love it so much. So thank you for that. I'm gonna move on to the next question, Julie, since I have you uh, as my last speaker here uh, from the last question. Why is it important for your business to be a Chairman's Club member of the, the Gwinnett Chamber, especially at this time? I think it's, it's really important for us as an educational institution 
to be really embedded in the communities that we serve. We need to know what the trends are, whether it's the trends in, in healthcare, the trends in real estate, the trends in business. We need to know what's coming down the pipe so that we can pivot um, our approach with our students. So we need to make sure that we're offering the right programs to be creating the workforce of tomorrow. We need to know that um, we're up to date with technology, with, you know, with all of these trends. And so the, the Chairman's Club and the Chamber as a whole gives us an opportunity to network with people from a variety of industries and uh, people that work you know, just across the board so that we're able to really um, harvest information from all of them, to really ask them, you know, Jonathan, who are you gonna need in five years at cancer treatment centers? what kinds of skills are you looking for? Hilda, what kind of skills do we need to make sure our students have so that they can come and join you in your company? If we don't know that, we're teaching yesterday's curriculum and that's not gonna help any of our students enter tomorrow's workforce. So, um, so for us, the chamber really becomes a tool and, a, and an asset um, to get that information and, and then to be able to provide the workforce that, that the other members may need. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's such a unique perspective that you have on really, you know, we're helping build the workforce from the ground up and creating these connections for you guys to be able to do that. Um, Jonathan, I know that I have not been able to see you um, at any of our events just yet, but um, all the same question. Why is it important right now for your business to be a Chairman's Club member? No, thank you. So for us, there are a couple reasons. The first is the opportunity to really connect with other businesses and organizations and to hear and learn from them how we can better serve, how we can be a partner and how we can collaborate in addressing the needs of community. Uh, one of the things that we were able to do in 2019 was to get a cap that was lifted on the number of patients that we could see in Georgia. When we came into the market, there was a 35% cap uh, of patients that we could treat from, from this state. We had that, we were able to get and successfully get that removed, which allowed us to now uh, get out to more organizations to really speak to who we are and what we do. We were somewhat hesitant to do so initially because the last thing we wanted was to go out, become a part of the chamber, tout the amazing care we provide, only to have members or family members of members of the chamber reach out and hear, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, we've reached our cap. You're gonna have to wait until someone comes off the roster to come on. Uh, being able again to successfully have that removed made us extremely enthused about the opportunity to jump on board, collaborate, network, and again, truly get engaged in the community uh, that we're a part of. Well, we're so excited to have you and that you're able to, to be here with us and have the opportunity to get more involved uh, with the Chamber and, of course, our members in the community. So thank you for that. Hilda, same question. Why is it so important to be a member of the Chairman's Club of the Gwinnett Chamber? Well, for us, um, for the We Partner family, um, it is very important to be part of the Chamber. And I was very excited. One of your um, Chair Club members um, from the Atlanta Gladiators um, reached out to me. Um, and he said, Hilda, what you guys are doing in Gwinnett, um, our first um, commercial property was bought in Gwinnett in Lawrenceville. Our corporate office is here in Peachtree Corners. Um, you should go and talk to the Gwinnett Chamber. Um, I'm already part of the Hispanic, um, um, Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I am co-chair of the Hispanic Business Center there. 
and when I met with um, Megan um, to know more about the chair club member, um, it was it was something very refreshing to me. I saw the opportunity to meet with other business um, owners and other companies. And since our portfolio primarily is commercial, I want to network with um, business owners and and um, executives that could say, we're looking for space. What makes you make a difference in choosing one space or another? What makes you want to expand um, within your business and then stay in the trends like what um, Julie was explaining, just knowing what's exactly going on around our surroundings. I think it's um, a very instrumental tool to our company. So very, we're very excited to be part of the chair club member at the Gwinnett Chamber. Well, we're very excited to have you. And it's been really interesting um, just getting to know you all and getting to know about your organizations more and how you connect. So thank you so much uh, for all of your answers to this question. This is going to be an interesting question. I have asked this uh, before in some of my past Chairman's Club chats that we've had uh, over the last uh, year, I guess, 2020, when we started doing some things virtually, which was new uh, for us. But what have you learned about yourself as a leader over the past year? Um, Hilda, I'm going to start with you, please. What I've learned um, throughout the, this past year with the pandemic and and, and um, position of leadership is that within our organization, we all report to each other. That I think was a big um, um, part of, of learning throughout this process of, of, of COVID-19. Um, everyone came together when the lockdown happened. Um, we had to establish work from home protocols that we didn't have in place because this had never happened um, um, previously. And we all just worked together as a team to keep everyone safe, um, get out their newsletters, weekly newsletters, um, um, bring in different ideas that had nothing to do with what we were doing before. So pivoting the approach that we uh, communicated with our tenants, communicated with our staff and our vendors. So that was for me, one of the most aha moments was that even though people were looking at us on the executive level on how to proceed, us three were also looking at our staff um, because we were all just going through something that we had not experienced before. Great, great. Thank you. I know it's it's definitely been an interesting year and, and uh, trying to navigate some of these challenges. and. You know, everyone's got different challenges, but still kind of stems from the same thing. So uh, it's been it's been tough, but here we are. We're all still going, right? Julie, can you tell us what you've learned about yourself as a leader over the past year? Yeah, you know, Hilda said my my word of the year, which is pivot. For us, everything has been about the pivot. It's been you know, not allowing ourselves to be discouraged when kind of the status quo no longer worked, but pushing us to be creative, pushing us to think outside of the box and look for solutions. Um, and what's been really fascinating is that a lot of those solutions, we, we probably have needed them for a long time, right? I mean, we've probably needed from home protocols. We've probably needed to give people more flexibility in how they do their jobs for a long time but it was a lot easier to do what we've always done. And so um, so I think that we've learned to, to kind of let go of some of that control 
and allow ourselves to experience some of these differences or try some of these new opportunities. Because like I said, I think a lot of them have been needed, whether whether we realized it or not. Um, the other thing is really focusing on, on care, you know, care and concern, both for my fellow employees, the colleagues, um, and our students, because everyone has experienced a trauma this year, whether it's been something directly related to the pandemic, whether it's been because of social and civil unrest, whether it's been political, whatever the, the trauma, everybody has been affected and has been traumatized in the last year. And I think as a leader, it's really forced me to take a look at how do I care for my colleagues? How do I care for my students beyond did you turn your paper in on time? You know, did you study for this test? Because they're bringing a lot more to the classroom than they than just the classroom information. My colleagues are bringing a lot more to, to work than just their knowledge. They're bringing this trauma. And so for me, it's it's like I said, kind of twofold. One, pivot, really lean into those changes and, and be okay with keeping some of those changes as we move forward. Um, and then two, really focusing on the humans that I interact with and not just the function that I serve and in, in the role that I, that I play in my organization. All right, excellent, excellent. Jonathan, what have you learned about yourself as a leader over the past year? Yeah, so great question. Uh, and, and I was, uh, as I was listening to uh, Hilda and Julie respond, I was really thinking about it. And I think for me, the thing I probably learned most about myself is that I truly did and do thrive off of the interaction with people in person. When we pivoted and started working remotely, it was a little difficult for me. One, because I have a two-year-old going on three-year-old uh, at home that uh, believes when daddy's home, it's time to play. <laughs> but also because of the interaction with the team, I, I enjoy our ability to really engage and th think through challenges, think through uh, problems. Uh, we were able to do so remotely, but I learned that, and that I didn't think I was this big extrovert, that I require and feed off of the energy that I get from seeing people in 3D. So uh, changing and going remote was a bit challenging, but uh, we've been able to continue to ensure that that mother standard has not been compromised. Uh, and we've remained steadfast in our ability and uh, with patient care top of mind for us all. I agree with you. I mean, it's you don't really think about it. You hadn't really thought about it before all this uh, started that you really enjoy and appreciate other people's company. Um, maybe not that you didn't appreciate it before, but I think you just didn't realize that you just need it. You, you need it. And it's hard, especially for people like me. I'm a hugger. I love hugging people. I hug everyone that I'm friends with. I hug everyone I like. And it's really hard not to do that. <laughs> so it has been really tough for almost the past year, if you can believe that, um, that we've been going through this. Uh, it's crazy to think that it's been almost a year since kind of everything hit the fan here that we're still in this mess but you know it's been tough for for those of us who are you know we thrive off of talking with other people and just being with other people and having that connection so and I feel like that's all of us whether you know you knew it or not um, you need that connection so uh, I'm glad that we can at least still do this and see each other and uh, talk to each other so it's great. It's interesting what you learn about yourself uh, when you really need to uh, take a look in the mirror. So Jonathan, uh, what positives 
have come out of the pandemic that you will continue in the future? So two, uh, I'd probably say key elements or items that we started at CTCA when the pandemic really started to hit hard and heavy. The first was virtual care, ensuring that we could connect with our patients in their homes. Uh, so they could log into their computers and connect directly with their medical oncologist so that their care was not delayed. We say it all the time, there is literally nothing elective about cancer. You may have seen or read where hospitals were deferring elective treatments and surgeries. Nothing literally about this unfortunate disease is elective. So uh, we started ramping up our telehealth program, which has been a huge success for us. We treat patients all across the country, literally. So our ability to connect with patients that are in North Carolina that are a little leery of jumping on an airplane and flying to us because of naturally uh, with COVID and cancer, the likelihood or the, the your, your ability to fight it off isn't the same as someone that's healthy. So we started it and definitely plan to continue it. The other is our in-home uh, infusion program that we partnered with CBS to establish and kick off the ground. Those two initiatives are two that we're extremely excited about that will long live uh, post the pandemic. Excellent. The telehealth is definitely a positive, you know, when especially when you have kids. You know, years even a few years ago, you know, I would always say, I just wish I didn't have to take them in, especially when it's a, you know, just a checkup or a well, um, a well visit, I guess, because, you know, odds are by the time you leave, you already picked something up at the... <laughs> <laughs> at the doctor's office, which is not what you wanted to do. Um, not always, but every now and then, you know, it, that's just what happens. So um, I think we've all appreciated the telehealth visits that have become more widely available uh, with our um, doctors and physicians. So I'm glad that those types of things will be continuing uh, in the future. Um, Hilda, what positives have come out of the pandemic that you will continue in the future? Um, for us, as we partner um, and I was thinking about this um, question um, when you first send it to us. And we've done multiple different types of, of um, interaction with our tenants that I believe we are going to continue, such as we started on um, weekly newsletters that before we did them every month. But just to inform them of the COVID count, of different type of loans, the PPP loans, um, different type of, of organizations that were providing um, assistance. We're going to continue to do that um, and continue on collecting information from resources such as from the Gwinnett Chamber and um, from different organizations and continue pushing out this um, um, information to our tenants. Um, second, of, uh, second to that, we're going to continue to keep the sanitation of our buildings on the same schedule as we do now. Um, and keep using different sanity products that came into the market now through COVID and providing our um, staff and, and um, our building engineers on, on in the buildings on um, protective equipment. And third, we are going to continue to do certain um, work from home protocols. Um, we've seen that that um, also helped like what Julie was saying that these are things that were much needed, but everyone was just doing the norm. And our company has kept very much successful and productive throughout this work from home protocol. And lastly, we are going to continue to be more interactive with, with our vendors and our staff. Um, I think that the care part, like what you were mentioning, Lisa, 
we didn't think about that. We were just going through our day today, but now we've started a lot of other types of communication that has brought a closer bond with people that we were doing business with in the past, but this going through this pandemic um, has actually brought it to another level of understanding, of compassion, of um, togetherness. So these are some of the items that we're working on keeping um, um, together at We Partner. That's awesome to hear. I know, you know, in times of crisis, that's really when we shine as people. I feel like, you know, that we just, we remember the things that we need and how we need to care for other people. And sometimes we forget that until until we, we're reminded. And, and sometimes that's a good thing. Julie, what positives have come out of the pandemic that you will continue in the future? And what you were just saying made me think of the uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, always look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I keep thinking of. Um, you know, for us, two things. One, we, we've had online education for more than 20 years at Brunel University, um, but it had almost become a, a plug and play. You know, if you had your online class ready, you just kind of let it let it ride. And I think that's what's happening with online education in a lot of places. But when our on-ground students who expected a lot of interaction and a lot of uh, relational teaching moved online, we really realized, and I think across the board, that our online education had to be more engaging. It had to offer that experience that students sitting in a classroom get. And so I think as educators, we all became more creative in looking for ways to recreate that classroom experience, that networking, that collegiality, all of those things that you get in a classroom setting. How could we replicate that in a meaningful way online? And, you know, Zoom is, is certainly a, has been a great tool, but it's not the only tool. And so I think it, it forced us all to, to kind of reexamine how we teach in an online environment so that our students were getting um, the, the best experience that they could in, um, in their education. So that was a huge part. And I think um, a lot of instructors who were nervous about teaching online, um, had reservations about teaching online, it forced them out of their shell. It forced them to kind of retool in some of these ways. And in a lot of ways, um, I think that grew a level of empathy in our faculty. You know, they were forced to, to try something new. They were forced to do something that they were unsure of, which is what most of our students enter a classroom feeling. And so, so our faculty members, I think, gained some empathy there. The other thing that I think has been really important, especially at our institution, Bernal was founded to educate those who were often marginalized from the education system. So 142 years ago in Georgia, not a lot of women were being educated at the collegiate level. And so our foundation has always been to serve the marginalized um, communities, marginalized from the education system. And I think over the last year, that's been reinvigorated, right? Giving a voice to the voiceless um, in a number of ways. Again, women, people of color have been disproportionately affected over the last year. And so I think that really invigorated some of the, the legacy and heritage of our, of our institution is how do we still um, serve as a voice 
in our community? How do we still serve as a change agent in our community? And, and I certainly hope that's something that we don't shy away from moving forward. Those are probably the two that stick out the, the most to me. Thank you so much, Julie. It sounds like um, your faculty and, and your students have really embraced the changes that you've had to make, and it sounds like you've really improved your online programs, and I'm sure that your students really enjoy uh, the changes that you've made. Uh, my daughter goes to college online. She's had all online classes, and she was online before uh, the pandemic even started, so nothing really changed for her, but I know that um, they've made some changes as well um, because they've had to, and um, it really just improved her experience from what it was to, to what it is now. So um, it's a really interesting, again, perspective uh, from the educational uh, system to you know all the changes that they've had to make and just seeing those I think I would have enjoyed that when I was in college <laughs> as well I didn't have the opportunity to be online in my classes but I think I would have enjoyed it now Julie what is your organization looking forward to in the next 12 months I think the same thing everybody else is I think 12 months of normal whatever that is would be so nice. I don't think I've ever looked forward to normal, but but I'm so looking forward to normal. Like Jonathan said, a lot of what we do happens in hallway conversations. A lot of the changes we make, um, whether they're curricular changes, whether they're new partnerships, um, whatever it might be, a lot of that happens in the hallway. And so we, we're losing that during the pandemic. Zoom sessions are wonderful, but it's formal and it's scheduled. And so you don't have that just kind of flow of ideas that you have when you pass somebody in the office. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And then, you know, we're, we're a college. We're ready to have our students all back on campus. We're ready to have that vibrant student life um, that we've been missing to some extent because a lot of our students chose to be online during the pandemic. So definitely um, ready for that. And then, you know, ready for, for growth. Our PA program started, is today Wednesday? It started Monday. So our brand new PA program is just on the line. That's really exciting. Um, like I said, our second cohort of our executive women's MBA started Monday. And so I'm hoping that um, these really exciting things in the life of our institution aren't overshadowed and that we really take time to celebrate the growth um, and these new, these new markets that we're entering as an institution and, and that we take time to recognize and celebrate that and, um, and focus on those positives. We almost have to nowadays, right? Focus on all the positives that we have. Um, Jonathan, what's your organization looking forward to the next 12 months? Uh, again, echoing Julie's word, some sense of normalcy. Uh, we were excited a couple weeks ago, I think December 18th, in fact, to get the Pfizer vaccine in our facility and we've had the privilege of uh, dosing several or vaccinating several of our stakeholders. I received my second dose Friday and I'm happy to report everything's still normal, no challenges, no problems, no new toes, no new fingers, everything's still intact. <laughs> Good to uh, hear. <laughs> <laughs> but we're excited about that as we hope it brings about mass flex meeting. Uh, we are on site and we're still convening in a socially distant manner but everybody's still wearing a mask. And I, I and this is gonna sound very odd, but I long to shake another man's hand again. Yes. I have not had an opportunity <laughs> to shake a hand, to give a hug, any of those things that you typically do when you see and greet. And it's still so odd, particularly in a healthcare setting, 
when sometimes you've had patients ring the bell that you want to embrace and you know really show your love and your support but because of it you're relegated to an elbow or you know a virtual hug so all those are just things i'm excited about and looking forward to excellent jonathan you and i are in the same boat we're both huggers and this is really (laughs) a tough time for us huggers (laughs) hilda what is your organization looking forward to the next 12 months same as julie and jonathan we're forward on having um, events. We have a tradition in where when our company does well, we've bought an asset or we've disposed of an asset. We do these small celebrations. We drink mimosas if we close early in the morning. We drink champagne straight if it's later in the afternoon. So, I mean, these, these that's one of the things that we truly enjoy doing because we work very hard to get to that point. Um, and are things that have been very um, um, minimized throughout our company. Um, Another thing is that we're looking forward to is actually having um, um, the different anniversary parties that we've gone to, going to different events, um, representing We Partner out in our community in which all that, not only because we're not ready, but also the community's not ready um, and do more of one-on-one um, talking to people without feeling scared and waiting to see if someone gives you a call. Oh, we were at that event. Well, someone said they had it or had symptoms. And that actually overshadows the whole, um, how can I say, the whole experience that you go to interact or network with people, but everyone's very, um, um, very away from each other. So throughout these 12 months, um, we're looking forward that things get back to at least some comfort level um, um, within everyone that we usually do business with and and meeting new people. I'm looking forward to meeting Julie and Jonathan at one of the events and and I mean, and just interact, um, keep the interaction going. And one thing I could say about the chair club uh, membership is you guys did not stop and we enjoyed every event you guys did. Well, thank you. We enjoyed having you. And I think I speak for um, everyone on the show um, in asking if you're hiring, because it sounds like you guys have a great time <laughs> in the office. Well, we, we work hard, too. So I yes, believe work hard, play hard, play hard. And I mean, that, that's and, and we uh, we've been very fortunate to attract very like minded individuals, regardless of the, where they are from, what their ethnicity, what their age is and i mean we've been very lucky to create a very tight um circle um within our team excellent thank you so so much since i have hilda for those that would like to know more about your organization or your business where can they go where can they find you our office our corporate office is located in peachtree corners and um, here in gwinnett county um we're off of 141 and winters chapel peachtree industrial boulevard and, and winters chapel Our phone number is 678-878-3885. And our website is wepartnerusa.com. Excellent, are you on social media at all? We are, um, We Partner USA, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. Thank you, Julie, and also Jonathan. But Julie, uh, for those those that would like to know more about your organization or business, where can they go? 
Online, we're at www.brenau.edu. Um, and then specifically for our executive women's MBA, ewmba.brenau.edu. Um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on other social media outlets, Brenau University or Exec Women's MBA. Thank you, Julie. Jonathan, where can we find you? Cancercenter.org is our website, the best place to locate us. And you can also follow us on all social media outlets as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our wonderful guests today. Thank you to all of you out there for listening to the Gwinnett Chambers Monthly Radio Show and Podcast, The Voice of Business. We've really enjoyed having you all online with us today. Uh, it's great to see you, finally, even though it's on my computer. It's so great to see you all. Uh, I want to thank Mike Salmon with Business Radio X, who has me in studio today. We all love Business Radio X. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> from afar, from afar. <laughs> Just want to be clear. <laughs> you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on the Voice of Business. This show is also available on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. Thank you again, and we'll see you all next time on the Voice of Business on Business Radio X.